and welcome to episode two of the PMO and Project Leadership Podcast with me, Louise Gardner, founder and managing director of Pledge Consulting. This week, we're going to continue our look back on the PMO Leadership Symposium 2020, which we held back in August. And this week's speaker is Neil Creasy. Neil is a lean portfolio management expert and really a subject matter expert on all things agile. His presentation at the symposium was entitled COVID Driven Change. He discussed in his presentation really the impact that the pandemic has had on agile ways of working and some examples, some really good examples actually, of where COVID has actually provided opportunities for organisations to accelerate certain initiatives. Again, really coming back to those agile principles. Neil's session was quite interactive. He had us entering things on a on an app to come up on a on a Kanban type board. Really was a, a, a great session. So if you'd like to see the full video, please go to the Pledge Consulting website and under the insights section on the website, you will be able to see that whole recording if you have time to watch it back. Without further ado then, uh, I'm going to let you listen to, to Neil's session. Uh, please enjoy COVID Driven Change. The seagulls are going hungry because we're locked at home. We're not on the beaches and we're not eating chips. And whilst that's a, a metaphor for, for really what's happening out there, it's a reminder that you know, what we actually see on the surface can be a result of something which is happening quite a long way away from ourselves. And we're going to explore how all of these connections operate throughout the, the next 35 minutes. Now, I'm going to ask you to think a little bit about how you have felt how are you going with what we've actually experienced? And I don't need you to share this with the team. So I just want you to think for a moment. It'll help put your mind in the right space. And I want you to think and actually potentially write down three bullet points of how you're feeling. What is this, this new normal, this, this journey we've been through and are still on? Uh, what what's that caused you to, to think about and maybe to worry about, to be concerned about, to be optimistic about? How are you feeling? So just take a moment, three bullet points. And be honest with yourself because we're not going to share this, as I say. Now you can think about work, you can think about personal life, you can think about other people who've been impacted and how that's impacted you. Now, hopefully, you've actually got some of the things on the list I've got here. Um, there might be those feelings of financial insecurity, maybe that worry about your job. We, we've heard a lot of businesses who've you know, moved people down to four days a week. There's a lot of contractors who've taken pay cuts. There's a lot of people who've been forced to take a lot of leave. There might be health worries for you or, or someone else. It might be just that inability to plan. If you're one of these people, you know, particularly in project management, we like to plan. And if you're one of these people who take a holiday every year and, and you really don't know when you can take your next one, I mean, that might be frustrating you with that changing circumstance. Then there's the practical things like, you, you know, your kids might have been at home schooling or you haven't been able to get access to the childcare and, you know, you've had your children interrupting whilst you're trying to, to deal with things, you know, through, through work. There's probably impact to your well-being, um, maybe psychological pressures from being constrained domestically. 
loneliness and isolation. And there are also many positive feelings as well. People might be optimistic. They might be talking about the new opportunities out there. <laughs> they might have relief that some of the things they've been trying to do at work for ages have actually got done and got pushed through. You know, going through this question, it, really what I want to highlight here is that I have made some assumptions of what you've written down. Uh, and, and I really, um, you know, I've based them on research, so I'm sure there's some correlation with what you've got. But I think it's important as we move forward that, you know, particularly in PMOs where we're often soliciting information from people, the assumptions are the conversations we haven't had. So let's have a look at the research behind this. And, and I'm only just going to touch the surface of a couple of these things. But, um, you know, two of the things I looked at was, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And it basically says we've got some real basic needs. And if they are impacted, you know, like our security and our safety, we become less effective at those higher levels. So, so our work is going to be impacted if there are some things which are affecting us below. So, you know, if we're not on the beach, the seagulls go hungry. Think about where you are in, in that pattern. Um, the other one I've, I've picked is um, Kemp's, uh, Kempson's financial well-being. And, and I just picked this diagram really just because it shows how, you know, the financial well-being can be impacted not just not really by how much money you've got, but by the environment, what your knowledge of what's going on in the finance markets under this extreme activity. You know, we saw a huge, you know, share price dip, you know, when COVID first came around. That might have impacted, you know, the viability of some of your customers and the companies. Um, it's about your comfort level of where you sit, your personal resilience. There are social and psychological influences. And really what I'm saying here is that, you know, both of these models, we can actually see the elements of connectivity of things which are quite a far way away from where we're actually operating. Uh, and I think we need to be a lot more mindful as leaders and, and tolerant that our people are potentially going through um, topics and concerns which we're not aware of. Not everyone will be going through the same thing. We might need to, to give them a little bit of, of leeway. So because I asked a question and I didn't listen to your answer, the thing which was really missing is the fact and, and this time you heard in the intro, I'm, I'm a big, big person in, in agile PMOs. And, and we talk a lot about getting feedback and getting feedback very, very frequently. And this is something where when our people are working remotely, we may feel that, um, you know, we need a lot more feedback. But there's that, that balance of how often do we disturb people to ask for things, you know, versus, um, you know, give, leaving them alone to actually get work done. So we're going to go through another question and we'll actually ask for some feedback this time and and you will be sharing these so I want you to uh, to think about your employer and we're going to use a tool so I'd like you to to get out your mobile phones uh, and I'd like you to to jump on to menti.com and that'll prompt you with a, a screen and I'd like you to uh, when you jump in there, just type in that code. So hopefully you can see what we can see. And as you respond to this question, 
we can actually see the, the answers coming up. So we're getting a little bit of feedback. Did we already have a plan on a continuum to no, and we're still not there. So it's really good to see at the far right-hand side that we haven't got people there. And clearly the winner here is that we accelerated an ongoing activity deploying remote working tools. So we'd started something, but we had to speed it up as a result of what was happening with COVID. So I'm going to move to the next question because we do have two on, on here. So let's go to the next question. And the next question allows us to actually state some degree of where we feel we agree with the statements. Now, I'm actually hiding the results, uh, and we'll talk about that in a moment. So I'll just start a timer. We'll just give you sort of a 30 seconds or so, maybe not a minute, we'll give you a bit, bit longer, and I'll just talk you through this. So I'm interested in respect for people and how that's handled, whether the remote working tools enabled you to work as effectively as you did in the office, whether your PMO actually stopped some work to make the space to focus on the COVID priorities, and the bottom one, from the observations I've had with other areas, my senior, le senior leadership team actively and personally managed the technical response. And I think we've had everyone's results in there. But to have a look at that and how that compares with, with your experience, you know, what we're going to do at the end of this is we're going to actually take away some, some activities and some actions we can take. So have a look at how that compares. So what I've showed you there, the first question we asked was really, um, I was still making some assumptions on what the answers could be, but you at least had the ability to actually respond. And the second question, I then was talking about the magnitude of where you wanted to go with that. So I'm just, again, exploring with different types of feedback. Now, one of the big things we did in the office certainly what I did from an agile perspective was these big room planning events, these large activities where everybody gets into a room and we plan together. Often for a quarter, those who are using the scaled agile framework, you'd know it as PI planning, but you might you know, have a dedicated room where you keep things up on the wall for people to come and look at. You might call it a, 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 a via room or something like that, a via room. But doing interactive planning since we've been working from home or working remotely has become a bit of a challenge. And I don't need you to jump into the link um, because I don't want you to have to learn this tool. But what I want to show you is what I've been doing using a tool called Miro for interactive planning. One of the benefits of this tool is that you can get hundreds and hundreds of concurrent people coming on. Now, what I'm showing on the screen is very busy, but what I've got is a PI or a quarter is divided into six two-week periods, the sprints where we often operate, and down the side, I've got some of the main streams of work we're gonna do. And if I zoom into some of this, you can see that, look, you know, if we need another bit of work in here, we can actually, you know, pull a, pull a card in, drop it on there, type something on, so do some work. And you can actually have many people 
Let's just type it so we can see it. <laughs> Do some work. You can actually have a situation where you have many, many people interacting on a board, similar to a, a, a virtual activity of operating in a room. And just as another example on here, if I move to one of the other common things we have to do, which is about dependency management. Here's a quick dependency management board where I've got the timeframes across the top, I've got the teams down the side. And you know, these sort of tools, we can actually look visually at changes we might need to make, because if these are the dependency links, we might need to change in which certain things get done and visually represent it in a manner where everyone can work off the same tool. So I've given you the link so you can go and have a look at that. I will leave it open later on. I mean, this is Miro. There's also Mural, which is another great tool out there. And the joy of everything I'm using today is that, that I am not paid a cent for these tools. This is all what you can get with free tools. But, but obviously, you've got IT policies and security policies, and that's one of the things we'll talk about in a moment. So that's just a very, very quick insight into how we can get a lot more collaborative activity going by using a tool. And I now want to explore a number of other tools which are out there. There's a raft of tools which I call my how what question tools and my why when question tools. They're all tools which enable us to sort of help gain insight to make decisions and, and some of these you'll be very familiar with but the reason I show them here is that there are online versions for, for almost all of what I show even if it's creating something like you can see in my bang for buck table down the bottom um, middle you know where we've just created it on Excel and are sharing it and so my how tells us well what size or how big is something how are we going to prioritize what is the priority we talk about grouping, sorting, evaluating, filtering, and choosing. And you know, many of us are familiar with the priority matrices um, or matrix. We've got um, uh, a depiction in the top left-hand corner around um, agile poker and planning for doing uh, remote estimating with plenty of online tools to do that. And my second slide on this set is my why and and the why is about you know have we reached consensus do we have concordance what options are we going to choose do we have a majority vote and what i'm showing at the top um, is that buy a feature or that participatory budgeting which is a classic um i see now in in how we actually distribute funding when we're actually funding teams and if you think about traditional ways of distributing funding you go down to you've got a little bit left this enables us to pull all of our little bits and do something else maybe three or four things for the business from, from the spare change and using techniques of this nature. So we've got a bit of dot voting on there, the weighted shortest job first in the bottom left-hand corner. So I just wanted to highlight that there's a lot of tools out there which all have online versions to help us get some feedback and actually make some decisions. And the tool we're moving to today is the retrospective. And, and the retrospective is about looking at something periodically. So not a post-implementation review. Look at something whilst we still have time to make a change and talk about what went well, 
what could have gone better and what should we change? So I want you to think about those questions because we are going to do a retro in a moment. And what should we change is the most important on that. If we don't take action, there's no real point in talking about it. Now, the joke which inspired me to put this presentation on was, was this and Business Illustrator. Uh, and it got me talking to a number of companies, you know, on, on this joke. And, and I actually talked to 18 companies across quite a, a diverse range of industry about how they were coping and what, what they were going through. And that's helped inform me to, to put some preformed answers into this pack. Um, you know, so that I could actually prompt you with something. And there's stories from all of these people as to, to what's actually happened with, um, you know, the, the COVID activity. I mean, I had a federal government department, it was passports, and, and they said they would never organised to work from home, period. You know, it's a secure thing. It's done in the office. It took them a while to, to manage that. But I've talked to local councils who really weren't... Um, weren't ready, but then I talked to another one who already had many remote management tools. Um, some of the more smaller areas, I mean, we talked, um, we heard from Louise earlier about you know, will our clients still be there? And certainly recruiting has been quite a challenge uh, in this, this um, arena. Um, there's also been a rise of a philanthropy. Um, so I was talking to um, Andrew Forrest, and, and in, a, in addition to his mining activities, he's actually you know, formed a number of companies to, to help bring medical supplies and PPE into Australia through his contacts, which were better than government. So a lot of things going off, both positive and negative. So let's go into a retro, and the question I want us to ponder is consider the actions of your enterprise to the pandemic. Now, the retro tool we're going to use, I'd like you to get your mobile phones out, and you can actually hold your QR scanner up to the screen. Okay, thank you for that, then. Appreciate it. That's why we need support. <laughs> Oops. So what I was doing, I had popped a screen of our retro. There we go. There it is. Uh, so we're getting quite a bit of, uh, of activity come up here. And one of the things we do as we look through this, um, well, I will have a look and see if there are things which are very similar. And we'll actually um, see if we can roll them in together. So if anyone can see anything who's actually got a, the ability to... Um, to talk that would be good let's have a look what else we've got so i reckon we've got enough to be able to going on with there so just tidy up the one you're working on and uh, we'll have a look down these lists and really see what there is happening um so i'm going to go through the themes so what went well, the technology worked well, for example, Zoom, and, and we've seen a lot of examples of technology. Uh, the team are more inclusive of members already working from home and remotely. We've rolled out remote work for everyone, not just some, so that's good. We're, we're one, so that unity, quickly developing most of the workforce at home via Teams. So maybe we could, uh, do, we, do we talk about that? Well, just roll that in with, with technology just to give you an idea that we can, we can merge some of these topics just to 
shorten the screen. Remote working has been surprisingly easy. We stay connected as a team, so we are one. I'll join those two. Um, great communication of what was happening. We've made decisions to have everyone work from home and you can establish a roster to minimize physical distancing for those who have to go in. It's become much easier to find senior stakeholders in Teams than in Microsoft Office. We've supported each other. And I really like these because I'm going to talk about people in a moment. Um, we've maintained daily communications as a team. We've been encouraged to work from home really early. We've had high laptop, laptop usage, so it was easy to, to facilitate that. And yeah, think about the companies who have desktop. You know, what did they do? Did they ship desktops home? Did they get laptops for people? Was it a multi-stage approach? And when we go through what could have gone better, procurement of licenses, maybe some things were slow, so the same experience wasn't good for everyone. Better knowledge of what was going off, more consultation. Um, people who insist on using Teams, uh, there's a little sad face there. It's interesting, of the 18 companies I talked to, apart from the very small ones, everyone was using Teams. Um, it was quite interesting. Uh, and they seem to like that. I mean, Slack was was something which was organic in a lot of businesses as a, as a communication tool, and Teams seems to have stomped over that quite a lot. Um, webcams might not have been available for everybody. Um, so not allowed to use Zoom for licenses. A lot of people have had security lockdown of their laptop. I've heard stories that the laptops were locked down so much that they couldn't even install a printer for home, uh, let alone, you know, load something you know, piece of software like Zoom. Um, communication policies of returning to the office haven't been done as well. Some people are saying the working hours are longer and some people here are using WebEx so as a nightmare for very large meetings. And so we can have what went well, what went better. Now, we're not all on the same team, so, so this is a, a good mix of, of things we've heard. But what we need to do is think about what we should change. And I'd like you to think about your action. You might be able to take some, um, some, uh, some hints from what's on here. So, so mindset, you know, we, we think most work can only be done well in person aware of people's working setup and assisting teams, the cadence of work, flexibility. Let's not go back to the office as before. And, and you know, that plays to the new norm. Um, new flexible ways of working, more interactive feedback, less meetings, consultation on working hours, <laughs> invest in the MBN again. Uh, well, I mean, the MBN did actually... Um, come as a, as a nation to actually offer more bandwidth to the, um, the providers. So, um, you know, there's certainly we saw businesses react that way. So it's giving you a taste of using a tool. Let's just jump back to the slide pack. What you've actually seen in the operation of that is through the observation of retrospective is that we want to group the common themes the common topics. And then we want to look for achievable actions. And then we actually want to ensure that those actions get done. And as Nelson Mandela said, you know, vision without action is just a dream. Action without vision just passes the time. But vision with action can change the world. And, and we've got this wonderful opportunity to, to change our world, you know, around us. So 
I did talk to 18 companies. Um, the themes I put in the pack um, do resonate with what you've actually put on, on your live retro. Um, some of the things which I didn't see as well, opportunities were taken, as in the attitude to risk was no longer adverse risk. And a, a quick example was about Microsoft Teams. I, I, I talked to one company and they said, we were going to roll out Teams. It was a nine-month project. We were going to you know, suss it all out. We were going to test it with every device we got. We're going to run a pilot group and then expand. We're going to write a training course, train everyone nine months. COVID came, they, they accelerated that. It took them 12 days. They decided not to change anyone. They decided to just go with what was there. They rolled it out. It worked. And people just learned themselves and jumped in. So there's lessons for PMOs here. Do we still need to have that same risk-averse attitude moving forward? We've seen a lot of senior leadership teams working closely together like Agile teams. And that earlier question we asked on the slider, you know, did your, did your leadership team, you know, contribute and take, take a, a close um, personal hand? Uh, and I liken this to Agile teams. You know, they're working cohesively together. They're having their daily stand-ups. They're empowered to make decisions. They made space by putting other work on hold. And things got done. Just think about that. Think about all of those lean practitioners or the agile coaches you've got in your business who rant on about that all the time. We've just seen that work in person. This is an ideal opportunity to jump onto that and say, you see, you did what we asked and it worked. There's also been this personal adjustment. A lot of people said, well, you know, let's not go back or embracing the change uh, as well. Um, and the enterprise adjustment. The big one I got when I talked to others was about trust. People could work from home before, but there were many managers who didn't want people to work from home. They didn't trust their people to do the work. Yet what's happened in many of the industries, particularly in software development, is that people are working more. Their productivity has gone up. It is absolutely amazing. Um, there's been acceleration of cloud deployment, um, Every app should now have remote working on it. And um, so those are some of the things from my observation. And when we think about the actions we're going to take, um, a lot of those actions relate to people. And I just want to summarize now and sort of drawstring some of the themes we've been talking about together from a PMO perspective. And I want to talk about people, tools, and action. And this is my people slide. And if we think about this, I mean, this has been doing the rounds in social media, but they're the happiness chemicals. If we think about these four and think about what we can do from a PMO perspective, you know, celebrate the little wins is the reward chemical. And you've heard that from your agile stuff, you know, your, your, your success cakes when you're in the office. We can still do that remotely and we must, we must do that. If we go to serotonin, um, you know, serotonin is about, you know, stabilizing our moods. And, you know, when we think about walks in nature or even, even exercise, which is on the endorphin side, if there's a meeting which must happen, and people don't need to be able to be on Zoom, they can actually just listen in. Why don't you encourage a walking meeting? Even people in Victoria can go out for one hour a day. So there's, there's things we can actually change in the way we work. On the oxytocin area, you know, Yes, we allow dogs and, and kids to, to come in. I mean, there's many a, many a meeting I've been on where you've seen the kids come and sit on the lap of, of somebody who's at work, or they talk about having their dog or to show off their dog. But the one thing we can do 
as leaders is give compliments. You know, let people know how well they're actually doing. And finally, on endorphin, you know, exercise, allow people to, to get out. But, but laughter, have a bit of fun. Don't make it all serious. And, and that might be just, you know, setting aside a time and having a team lunch virtually and just talking about things which aren't in the office or, or aren't office-based or having a virtual drink at the end of, of, um, of the day. So second to last slide, we're nearly there. But helping your people is about agility, empathy, and inclusion. And remember, when people are working remotely, it's very easy for them to hide, and it's very easy for them to be forgotten. So make sure you're inclusive of everyone. And my little message here is the work does matter. That's what we're here for. But the people who do the work matter more. So again, we've talked about tools. So that was about people. We've talked about tools. I've given you visual and audio conferencing tools, um, particularly where they've got shared screen capability. We think about meeting rooms, breakout rooms, chat spaces, whiteboarding, um, interactive planning boards like, like the Miro I showed you, a Kanban for showing progress, um, remote access to corporate tools, interactive surveys. There's a lot of things we can do to gain that feedback as we go. And we want to embrace remote working using the right tools, particularly as many of us have said, we think that's the way it's going to continue. So just as I conclude, I mean, the pandemic has and continues to impact people, impact business, impact community, and it's impacting our previously established norms. Uh, and there are now new needs, new opportunities, and new ways of working. And a new opportunity, if you think about it, is where you work. If you don't have to go into an office, you just have to be available in the time zone. And so just thinking about what I've told you today and what we've participated in interactively, opportunity risk thinking over adverse risk thinking, I think there's plenty of things we can actually go and reassess the policies we've got. Collaboration, collaborate more, don't make those assumptions. Be trustworthy um, and trust others. And to gain trust, you trust others. Think about behavior akin to agile ceremonies. I'm not saying go agile, but think about how that creates rapid feedback and how it respects people. And on a final note, I'm just gonna talk about asynchronous working because one of the key things I have seen through the research for this was that when we work in the office, we work in a very synchronous manner. On the hour, every hour we hop up and we go to a new meeting room. We sit down for another meeting for half an hour or an hour. It's a very synchronized activity. Now we've moved to working from home. It's a very asynchronous environment. We don't know when that eBay package is going to arrive and the doorbell is going to go. We don't know when a child is going to need some attention or when a pet needs to be let out for the bathroom. And I think we need to think about, should we continue synchronous working in an asynchronous world? That's all I have for you. I'm open to questions now. 
Thanks, Neil. That was fantastic. Really um, thought-provoking, uh, and I've certainly learned a lot from that. Um, really great interactivity as well. Um, so well done. Um, and you've proved your agile metal in terms of troubleshooting and getting it up and running for us uh, uh, without missing a beat. So thank you. Really appreciate that. Um, do we have any questions for Neil? Now, if you do, I think you'll have to say in the chat so I can unmute you. I think that's the way this is going to work on Zoom webinar. I might kick off with a question if that's all right, Neil, uh, while people are gathering the thoughts, because there was certainly a lot to take in there. Um, before I ask my question, though, I just want to um, highlight a takeaway. That stat you quoted on rolling out teams, so from nine months to 12 days, Correct. Yes. That blows my mind, and it's not. It's that's the shortest one I've heard. Um, but how you know that's that might be at the far end of usual. But at the moment, nothing is taking nine months. You know, organisations are moving way quicker than they they ever dreamed. So that was um, that was a really uh, good um, learning to to call out. I think that company did plan to start in November. There was a delay starting. They had they had some of their early discussions in December, but then people really went around for January. They came back and COVID was almost on the doorstep. You know, they just really started the project. Yeah. In fact, we're 25th of all, it'd be finishing about now. We've had a, a, a comment from um, Jade. I'll, um, there you go, Jade. You should be able to ask us your question now. Thank you, Louise. Um, I've heard some colleagues say that Agile can't work properly remotely and that you need to have your, you know, stand-ups and huddles in person, otherwise it's not effective. It's a bit of an old-school mindset and that's okay, but do you think and have you observed that these Agile tools can still be effective remotely? Absolutely. So it's all about um, relative um, contact. Now, some of us don't have a choice. I'm in Victoria. I can't even go out my house. Um, so there's no way we can get together in person. But when you are physically in person, you learn things um, of what's going around you through osmosis. And there's absolutely benefit in teams being co-located to work better. But the next best thing is to have connections so that the team can see what's going off. And that's where Slack and even, even teams with the, um, the teams um, – uh, I forget the, the terminology now, but they, they have um, channels. That's that's what I'm looking for. Teams channels can be permanently open. People can put their communication so folks know what's going off. One of the techniques I've seen, and, and I adopted this from when I used to work with um, remote agile teams offshore, is to have the video connections permanently on so that you've got a place you can go and, and you know you can just you do your work but if you want to know something you just shout out and everyone's there and able to respond so we can simulate what we get in the office but I personally don't believe it's as good as in the office but it's proven that it's worked and I don't wish to stereotypical um, or be stereotypical on developers, but quite often developers will come into an office, they begrudgingly go to a stand-up and then they put on their Beats headset, sit down and get on with their work. When they're left alone and able to work at home, it's an ideal environment and we get more done. 
Yeah, great. Thanks. Thanks, Neil. And and we're going to touch on um, some of those themes uh, a little bit more as we go through the day, because we've got a, you know, we get asked a number of questions around the effectiveness of, of Agile. So we're going to unpack that a little bit more. While anybody else is thinking if they have a, a question for Neil, I'd like to ask one, if that's okay, Neil. You talked a bit about tools there, and I was uh, excited to see, I hadn't seen Miro before, Peter sitting next to me here flashed it up in front of me, so he's clearly a, right across it. Um, but you touched on a, a few useful, particularly free tools. There, my question is: What are your um, what are your tools? What are the things that you use every day? Yep. So, so Miro is now. I put that particular one together with the free tools, so I wasn't using anything paid. Uh, and sure, some of the free tools have got. Um, uh, they're, they're full load functional, but only for a period of time or only for X number of boards. But I use I use Miro. I'm, I use Jira and, and Confluence as well all day. Um, so, you know, I am an, an agile person. So I do a lot of my planning on a Kanban in Jira. Um, but the portfolio side of my work, um, which is working about out what in what we're going to invest in from a project perspective uh, is a lot of strategy alignment. And, and I, I must say, I'm struggling to find a, a tool for that. And what we're currently doing and the work I'm involved with is deploying a product called Jira Align. So it's the, the previous Agile Craft product to try and bring a lot more visibility into that strategic linking of, you know, where things actually fit to the strategy from the executive. So there's some of the tools I use, but, uh, you know, Trello as well is a, is a great product. Um, I often see, you know, in, in a Jira environment where they might say the, the people who are less tech savvy can use Trello and put their ideas in, say, from a product management perspective. You can then automatically migrate it to Jira and then the, the delivery side can, can manage that in the tools they're more familiar with. Yeah. Thanks. Um, one very quick last question from Jonathan. I'm going to um, let you ask the question yourself there, Jonathan, if that's all right. Thank you, Louise. Can you hear me okay? Yep, loud and clear. Excellent. Uh, thank you, Neil. Great presentation. We really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, as Louise said, I really love Menti and the, the use of the interactive retros. A lot of what you you showed us today feels like, or it might just be the confidence in which you delivered it, um, feels like it was validating assumptions that you already had of the way that that we could work in a remote environment what would you say has surprised you the most or what have you learned over the last six months of lockdown and isolation sure so what i what i'd love to do is if you guys have still got the um the fun retro up i mean there's certainly uh the reason we went through the fun retro was to actually get your ideas and i didn't know when i put this together how successful this um symposium was going to be and how many people we'd have here so i had to have something in my back pocket in case you know, only six people showed up and there wasn't too much on the screen. So that's why I, I did that um, assessment of the 18 companies. But in terms of what has surprised me, I, I am surprised uh, at the um, at the tolerance of people, um, particularly, you know, when we don't have return to work dates for many people and how they just carry on and how things are getting better. And we, we sort of see... Um, 
we see this in, you know, I've seen people uh, who've gone and invested in podcast mics and, and they've gone and bought a better chair because they think they're going to be at home for longer. So from the personal side, that, that's something which has surprised me. They're, they're no longer in that attitude of saying, company, are you going to reimburse me a chair? Otherwise, I'm not going to get one. They've resigned the fact that I'm going to be here. I need something comfortable. I think from a, a company perspective, um, I, I've actually changed job during COVID. So I've seen firsthand in detail, uh, in addition to the conversations I've had, how the portfolio management uh, activities have happened, particularly um, making space for these things to be accelerated, the work which needs to happen happen and and I guess the surprise I have is that that's the stuff which agile coaches have been shouting about for many many years and you know if it's good for the goose it should be good for the gander it's been great for the technical teams but a lot of our SLTs and our executives haven't taken that and I think that penny's now dropping so so that's probably the best realization I've had excellent well Thank you so much, Neil, for your insights and your wisdom and your excellent presentation. Um, and let's um, virtually give Neil a big round of applause. Um, thank you so much, Neil. Appreciate it. Thanks again to Neil. Great presentation as usual and really lots of fun to be part of too. Really recommend you watch that video if you have a chance. Uh, watch out for next week's episode uh, dropping one week from today. And as usual, you can follow us on Twitter at Pledge Consult. You can find us on Facebook and on LinkedIn.